1: $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: One more time give us a pit look. <laughs> God.
3: This is this is all oh my it's gotten worse. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this is the week of Robbie Couch on the podcast, a published author, gem of a human, very sweet, very handsome, and do not worry, the tease is correct. We talk about armpits in this episode and some good talk about the pits. If you are a pit girl, on the pit crew, if you will. This one's for you. Before we get into it, though, I want to tell you a cuckoo story from this weekend. I was all over the gay map, including a stay at Miss... Akbar, the gorgeous gay bar in Silver Lake, and I was with my friend Corey, whose bold you might recognize from the Gay US Podcast Instagram, sporting the gorgeous character actress sweatshirt, which so many of you have bought, and it makes my fooking day. But I literally was dancing, minding my own, where I saw this girl go up to Corey and say, "I love your sweatshirt. Where's it from?" I thought I liked watching porn. Hey, no, Bipes. I love watching girlies. Check out the gay-ass merchies. He literally did a spin, showed her the handle on the back, and the rest is her story. So it's happening, y'all. The merch is taking over, and you can go to gayasspodcast.com to get one for yourself. There's character actress sweatshirts. There's also people who made you gay. And I did just add the gay-ass character actress hat to the website. So go off. Do your thing. I also want to give a shout out to the end of this episode where Robbie and I discuss a movie that does not get its due, has been long forgotten, but I'm here to bring it back. It's The Page Master. Do you remember with Macaulay Culkin? Of course, Whoopi Goldberg is a voice of one of the books in it. I just, I, when are we having our watch party? Uh, I, I hope you get to the end of the episode to to dive back into that memory, because it is, I dare I say, one of the best movies of all time. So let's get into this week's episode with Robbie Couch. Make sure you follow along at GayAssPodcast. Go to gayaspodcast.com if you want some merch of your own. And if you do get some in the mail, show me on Instagram. The underwear bulge pick is not required. I swear to God, it's happening now. But if you want to just give me a gorgeous snap, you know I love that too. Enjoy this episode. Keep being you and happy Virgo season, you nasties. I'm so thrilled to see you, but I'm devastated because I stubbed my toe all of four minutes ago, and it made me feel like I wanted to DIY, to D-I-E, to D-Y-E, to die.
3: (laughs) Okay, I was not following that for a second. I was like, DIY what? Wait, are you okay? Are you, like, bleeding? Do do I need to call the ambulance for you or something? I'm not
2: bleeding. I'm just in emotional distress. But thank you for asking and taking it seriously, and that's a validation that I like to get. All this to say, I'm happy that you are on this podcast and it makes my stub toe feel like a world away. And thank you for coming on the Saga's podcast.
3: Yay! I am so happy to be here. And if it helps your toe heal any faster, then I it's worth it. Worth it to be here.
2: I think it will. Um, do you have a toe fetish? First question.
3: <laughs> that that was the first question that I expected. Um, I wouldn't say toe f- toe fetish. But I feel like with feet, I used to be like, in my less kink-friendly days, I was that person to be like, ew, you're into feet? And now I'm in my 30s. I'm like, whatever floats your boat, you can lick it, slap it, touch it, go for it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right, right.
2: I I think what we're probably aligned with is that feet are feet and feet are beautiful and we don't shame a foot. And if someone wants to lick a foot, get their foot licked, as long as I say you haven't walked on i mean i don't know at this point fire block, ants fire glass. ants glass sure 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 yeah. um well i just wanted to get that out of the way in terms of the foot discussion i'm just gonna check that off the list um right robbie congratulations on being a gosh darn star congratulations on having a new apartment congratulations on the book that's coming out how's the new place looking
3: thank you thank you thank you um it's still a it's a hot mess it's a shit show my stuff is everywhere i did paint this can you see this wall yeah I have a new orange wall that I'm feeling good about. She's it's like gorgeous. a, it's like, yeah, it's like a Southwest terracotta vibe. I think mm. I'm I'm going for, so I feel good about that. But I'm someone who's very I've learned this about myself very susceptible to my environment in terms of like productivity and my mental health. And so to be living out of a suitcase. And I've just been traveling a lot, like I was just in Chicago and Michigan, and then I got back to LA and then had to move. So I've just been like, basically living out of a backpack for a while now. And I'm just like, ready to be settled. So So emotionally,
2: you've been kind of a wreck recently?
3: right i I have been pretty devastated yes
2: the honesty is really beautiful because i'm the same way about my surroundings i think that's why i didn't like sleepovers growing up true like i had a tough time at sleep and you know what like compounded it is that i have a twin brother who was great at sleepovers he fell asleep on the drop of a dime and i was the one sitting with my thoughts until two in the morning thinking i'm not Mm. getting enough sleep i miss my mom but were you were you a sleepover girl
3: that's the thing. I was so. Now that you mention it, I nor, with my closest friends, I had like two to three like besties that I could do sleepovers with. But beyond that, I would get really nervous. I yeah. would have a lot of social anxiety, and I also was like a late bedwetter. I'm just remembering this now, and that put me on edge because I was like, "Shit, am I gonna like piss all over this person's <laughs> couch tonight?" Wait, what so, does late? What does late mean? What, what? do I don't know if we want to go there. 17 18 no no, no. um <laughs> no but it um i think it like i was pot- i was potty trained but it was the sort of thing where it would like happen really randomly like every so often and so it was sort of this unpredictable thing where it's like shit is to- is tonight going to be the night where it happens yeah
2: yeah yeah would it be would it be dream based or was it just very like random that you were afflicted by the pee witch
3: I think, I think it was the Pee witch I don't, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think it was dream based. I think it was just whenever the universe was like, let's destroy this kid's life. Ugh. I would wake up in a puddle of urine. So yeah. Right. Where's so that, the Salem P-Witch trials
2: when you need them? <laughs> Jesus, get her out of here.
3: I know, I know. Do you know, so, I, I'm glad
2: you said that because now I feel safe in a safe space to tell you that I was mortified. In high school, or maybe even early college, to like come home from winter break, and then like the wet dream witch got to me, and I never, I never had them until all of a sudden, like one short period of my life, where it was an affliction, and and it was dream based. I will tell you that much.
3: Wow. Okay, that's the thing. I've never had one. I don't think I don't know. I don't know if that's normal. If I'm in like the one percent, but. I've never not that I remember or can recall we're
2: protesting against a different one percent now it's the one percent who've never <laughs> right. had wet dreams I just I I think actually you should feel happy about it. It, it it is a thrill the first one or two times to be like oh my god what is my body capable of and also I would literally have sex dreams and then it would and then in the dream yeah it was getting to a level of hotness that I couldn't you know I couldn't deal with and then my body would respond in kind and then that wow. that's the only fun part of it and then you wake up and you're Devastated. You're like mortified. God. You're like I don't yeah. deserve rights. It's really, right, right. it's not good. So if you
3: ever get one, maybe you're maybe you're a late a late wet <laughs> dreamer. Any day you now. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping I get one. But question: Is it the sort of thing though, where because you would think if you are ejaculating, mm-hmm. then that would be you know a pretty pleasurable feeling. Would the orgasm wake you up? Like I don't know how I would just be that's able to actually like a clean really my good underwear question. and then yeah. just like be asleep for four more hours. Like I feel well, like that <laughs> would wake me up. But I don't know. No, no, no,
2: no. You are correct. I do. You do get woken quite soon after the, okay. the dream itself. Um, the wetting. I and that's what happens. I think it's like you feel good probably right when it's happening. Or for me, I think I would wake up as it was happening and be like, no, 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 no. You know, it's like when you try to put water back in a What's that? What's that saying? That's Put water like water back in a jug?
3: I don't know. I'm sure. terrible with phrases. Yeah, putting water back, or or yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Putting um uh, the thing back in the thing and it's this really is the worst part of a podcast
2: because people listening now know what the thing is and they're the right. ones screaming in their fucking cars screaming. um there, yeah it's putting blank in a blank and that's what it feels like when you're having your wet dream because you're just like fuck, fuck 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 and then so like the good feeling quickly turns like as as we've all and i genuinely wasn't wanting this episode to be fully filthy but i'm naturally Here going we go. on this day but it's like the thing called post not clarity where you sometimes mm. if you feel a certain type of way after the nut itself then you uh, some people whether it's religiously based culturally based familially they might feel guilt or shame or whatever the fuck it is and i feel like with my wds i was very much i'm gonna say ashamed i think that's what i felt in the moment Uh, i think if i had one now i'd be like fuck yeah my sheets are drenched but i think at the time i was not i was not like you know fully embracing who i was and what i was at at that time
3: oh for sure especially if what would they always be boys slash men in the dreams or would, they, would oh, it yeah. be, okay Holy so you're yeah. also like wow that just happened with this person and mm-hmm. i don't know what that means or maybe i do know what it means but that's still scary yeah, yeah especially that's, because that's i was i was either at the
2: time pre out or very i mean it was probably pre out and newly out so my hormones were just raging i feel like we don't talk about enough like what happens not only emotionally but also physically when you come out because you're like you're going through a second puberty kind of
3: that's very true especially there's like a lot of comparisons of like because gay people aren't really well i shouldn't paint with too broad a brush but we're not oftentimes we're kind of starved of our like normal teen years so like we have them in our 20s or 30s or 40s whenever and so Yeah, I feel like for a lot of gay people, myself included, you have like periods later in life where you're just like, the hormone monsters kick in and you're kind of a raging, crazy person for a bit. And you're like, is this normal to be to be this person nutso. as a 27 year old or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah no that is so on top of it and i do want to do a quick reference to something that was so fucking beautiful that you tweeted about your parents who started like a young adult queer novel library at their tiny little
3: church are you joking i know can you tell me just because i'm curious where where did you grow up they're the best or the sweetest. Um, so their church now is in West Michigan in a little beach town right on Lake Michigan, a couple Shut hours outside up. of Chicago. I know it's pretty great. It's pretty great to visit them because it's like Did you grow up in
2: this small beach town?
3: No. So we I grew up, um, I know the listeners can't see this, but I'm gonna be that Michigan person to raise their yeah. hand and show point me the to hand, their show hand. Me the hand. Yeah. So in this area, like an hour and a half north of Detroit, outside of Flint area, like the southeast southeast, yeah, southeast side of the state. Wow. And it was great. Small town, Michigan, Rust Belt, yay. Terrible in some ways, great in other ways. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it's, <laughs> it sounds like it must have been a lot of
2: things. But listen, I'm also yeah. a Midwesterner, so I'm I'm with you. I'm with you.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then they move to the west side of the state, and it's been it's been so cool. So they go to like a little progressive church. I don't even know what denomination or affiliation it has, but there's a bunch of queer people in the church. They're very accepting. And they partnered with the local GSA to to start a little library. And even just this morning, so I tweeted a few things throughout the past couple of months being like, hey, if anyone wants to – like a lot of authors follow me and vice versa. So I just tweeted out like, hey, if anyone wants to donate their books, that would be so great. And just today, a few more people donated. So I think before we know, yeah, we're going to have like a legit library, a queer white library in this where church. Where
2: is the HBO Max documentary about this tiny <laughs> – queer yeah. library in a tiny beachside michigan town it makes me feel so happy to to know that there are communities like that because it's healing as someone who did not know any queer people really growing up in my midwestern yeah. era to like hear things like a tiny progressive church in michigan is like right soothing for the soul
3: well not to be Debbie downer but the reason why it was sparked was because we've seen these like right wing book bands and like these, like they're like doing the whole thing where the, the parents are pissed off about like a gay book and the, it's like that sort of situation. And so this idea kind of came to be from the fact that there's been kind of this crackdown on queer stories, especially for like queer stories that have like BIPOC authors or, or like, especially like trans authors. So, so it's so wonderful that, people like my parents exist and are doing cool things. But it does suck that it's out of necessity because there's not, we're now seeing kind of the pushback to that progress in places like Western Michigan. So that yeah. is
2: not what I saw on the bingo card was like all of a sudden the groom talk to come in. It is Ugh. so fucking frustrating. And I, you know, I, I think like there's only so much that can be said about just like, wow, it fucking sucks. And thank God for your parents and thank God for those of us and many of us who are living. <laughs> as out loud as we can, because I do like the optimist in me, the survivalist that needs to be able to like see another day is just needs to know that this is a temporary phase that we're gonna, we're gonna prevail. Over.
3: Right. I fucking hope so. And it's also like, yes, I'm offended as a queer person. I'm also offended as someone who likes to think of themselves as somewhat creative. It's the same arguments, like this groomer shit that we heard in the seventies and eighties with yeah. like the AIDS up. it's like, can you think of like, another way to attack like please, this is so boring it's go so, on but, girl
2: give us nothing with your hate right, it's like exactly. at least go to the writer's room and workshop it and don't write do lowest hanging fruit i truly like,
3: comparing us to pedophiles like really, really that's like a 50 year whatever but that's
2: the best you can come up with uh, i do think that the republican writer's rooms are <laughs> lacking <laughs> yeah they need to step it up step up your pussy get ted cruz out of there hire some let's get a real good here. fucking writer bitch um right. Okay, so since we are in this era of your growing up ship, I need to ask you the famous podcast question. Robbie Couch, whose fault is it that
3: you're gay? Who do we blame, (laughs) babe? We, okay, can I have two answers? Is that breaking Uh, the rule? Robbie,
2: you can have whatever you
3: want. Okay, okay. I would say there's an answer that's like, oh... This person is responsible for, like, one of my earliest, like, horny moments where I was like, oops, something's going on here. Mm. And that person is a Sports Illustrated underwear model in the waiting room of a hair salon, (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. And, wait, you're from the Midwest. You know Meyer? It's a Michigan of brand. Of course but, I know Okay, Meyer. okay. Yeah. Meyer, it's like to anyone listening, not from the Midwest. M E I J E R, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a grocery store slash, like, sort of a Walmart. I don't know. Yeah. It's mostly a grocery store, but they also do retail. And there was a very high end, very, very fancy salon in the Meyer <laughs> that we went to one day. I think it was in fourth grade. And I was waiting for my dad to finish his haircut. And so I was just chilling in the waiting room. And, you know, they have magazines laid out. I picked up Sports Illustrated because, like, of course, I'm a boy. What are you going to do? You're going to look up Sports Illustrated. So I was, like, flipping through. And I remember getting to the underwear spread and, like, flipping past it. But then, like, kept wanting to, like, go back and stare at it. And, like, alarm bells were going off a little bit. Like, why do I want to do that? Like, that was, like, my first moment where I was, like, something's different um
2: wait do you do you so with the the pages that you were looking at was it it was like underwear ads for male underwear or was it like
3: yeah yeah it was just like ripped dudes in i remember specifically gray gray mm. whitey tighties Gray and I was guys, like that's it right what is, it about
2: gray? It. What is it always about gray sweatpants or Grey underwear sweatpants that that's gray underwear, yeah. I honestly am thrilled that you were in fourth grade when this happened, because it really shows you about nature versus nurture. Like, this fourth grade child did not choose to obsess over the men in the Sports Illustrated in the Meyer Salon. (laughs) Hell no, that was was God doing her work. And I I honestly had not remembered about magazines and waiting rooms. And they were, (laughs) one might call them a trigger as you're a gay child (laughs) growing up. Like, my dad owns a pharmacy and they would sell magazines, and the way I would open Cosmopolitan in the aisle hide it behind hide it in front of another magazine and look at they would do this thing about like hometown hunks or something where they would like show a hot man there would be sex stories about how to get your man off and i was like always wondering if one day i'd be able to put an ice cube in my man's butthole (laughs) i wish that's what they said but
3: yes Hasma was like the earliest that was like stage one of porn for me i feel like where you could just kind of read the naughty stories and it was usually like for me it was usually like Either my sisters or, like, I would be at a friend's house and it would be, like, his sisters would have a bunch of Cosmos in their room and I'd be, like, flipping through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally hear you. And then my second, can I say my second person? Please. Trini, the Yellow Power Ranger. And I say that because I just loved her. I adored her. And I felt like it was, like, one of those things where, um, and I also loved Kimberly. The Pink Ranger was great, too. But specifically Trini, Yellow Power Ranger was one of those moments where it was like, oh, all the boys love the red Power Ranger and the White Power Ranger and the Green Power Ranger. And I just felt, you know, a little bit different in like loving Trini. And I had like the stuffed, I had like a stuffed yellow Power Ranger. My parents made like one of those like kids' books where you could put your like your kid's name in the book. So it was like I know, yeah. It was like oh. personalized for me. I felt I felt this very great bond with trini the yellow power ranger and i was like yeah i'm a homo so
2: you are a homo and you also chose the i think the power rangers that all of us queer babies yellow and yellow and pink were always i think think there was like controversy with we dressed as power rangers for halloween one year and i think i wanted pink but of course i like could not do that um i'm reading up i didn't know that her name i forgot her name as the power ranger was um trini kwan
3: yeah that yeah that was the that was like the character in it that
2: was yeah. the character and then but the actor she, she passed away she passed away yeah, I know I know and I know I, wait so eight I, days before nine eleven. what does that mean? I,
3: well, I don't think it was related i don't I don't think it was related to I don't, I don't know think it was, it was
2: either Robbie or oh Iwood.
3: <laughs> but every so i've tweeted about my yellow power ranger adoration infatuate whatever a few times and every single time i do the replies are just people being like she died she died i'm like i know she died we know let me just have this yeah
2: you're you're like i'm a fan babes i know that she's she's passed but god i we we want to thank her for her her work and for her because I, I this podcast is now becoming like our fallen heroes because last uh, two weeks ago we talked about olivia newton john's passing and i feel like olivia, right. oh i listened
3: yes jackson's yes. episode I jackson was listening. yes i know oh,
2: robbie what a good guy you are but yeah to yes. Trang, we we give a moment for for your work as the yellow power ranger and we want to thank you for causing a lot of gay men to come out to their families
3: correct can i also Look at my fucking pit stains. Is this gonna be like? This is so bad. I don't. Are you trying con- to turn me on? No, no, I'm. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> the air conditioning situation in my new apartment is not okay. So show them
2: again. Show them again.
3: Yeah. Wow. They so look good. Bad. Holy shit! I didn't even see. Like I was like, I bet I'm. I didn't see them until bit. you
2: literally called them out. I truly. Oh well. Great. Cool. Well now. Yeah. No, I conscious. can't explain it to you Robbie I can't explain it to you but for whatever I, I'm not into pit stains I'm really like let me make that clear even though if you are I, I whoever I support you but something about armpits to me are are quite erogenous like, you're, you're a,
3: know, a pit dude
2: a little bit I'm not yeah. like constantly like sniffing and licking in a public space but like if I you know what happened I was hanging out with someone recently who i do find attractive I will say that and he was wearing a tank top and either it was on purpose or he just Naturally, puts his hand behind his head a lot. He kept. Mm-hmm. We were just like at his house, like it was really like a low key hang. But I kept getting a glance of the pit, and yeah, I I was not disliking it. Pit.
3: Yeah. So is it for you? Is it a visual thing? Is it a, a scent thing? Is it both?
2: It's actually not scent. That's a good question. Okay. I think it's mostly visual. I've never because I do know someone who's like 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 one time made a comment when we were out, a big old thing. He was like, oh, you showered today. I was like, sorry about that one. But uh, yeah, it's not a same thing. It's definitely... I think it's because visually it maybe to me like represents... Manliness, maybe it represents like, ooh, it's a little f- forbidden for me to be attracted to something that like you are right. supposed to be kind of embarrassed about as a kid. I don't know what the full like sociological yeah. study of it is for me, but it it is it is a thing. Are you do do you not? What is your pit relationship?
3: No, pits are great. Pits are great. I wouldn't say I have a pit fetish necessarily, but oh, I'm, so you're calling, calling mine a, a fetish?
2: Friend, <laughs> you're calling no. me a freak? You're telling me to no. join a circus and run?
3: No, 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 no. I think pits are wonderful. I um will say I feel like pits are in general very attractive, wonderful. But for me, the scent thing is interesting because there's and I, I I'm a big believer in like the what's the right word? Like the pheromone mashing yes, and stuff. Yes, like yes. I've been with guys that um it's it's very God, I hope my parents aren't listening to this podcast, but for my sister, I'm sorry, y'all. But I've been with guys that it's it's very uh, it's it's a turn on. Smells wonderful. Been with guys where it's the exact opposite. So I think that's sort of interesting to like think about like on a very like hormonal level. Like yeah, if you yeah. have if you can match with someone or if there's any like science. I think there is science behind that. I don't know,
2: but I, it's, I'm sure at some point historically there have been, there's been a pheromone study because that is a very I, that's probably a great way of putting it. Like I have never been like. Please do not shower and let me bathe in your BO. I actually can't stand that smell, but right. the pheromones is a real thing that is smell based.
3: Yeah. And I think there's sort of a difference, right, between like straight up BO and like a general, just like scent of your, like, cause if you just like walk down the block and it's hot out, you're not necessarily like reeking of BO, but yeah, like yeah. you might get off, you might give off a little bit of like a your sweat sweaty might smell. N- yeah. So that's like more of the scent, I think. Yeah that I would what the hell am I even talking about I don't know to answer your question pits are great
2: (laughs) and that's the title um I do also want to refer to you since I was talking about hanging out with my my pity friend um you tweeted something that I really identify with schools should teach kids more practical skills that can apply (laughs) when they're adults like how to make new friends in their 30s Robbie why did you tweet this
3: Because I need more friends in my 30s. I've had so I'm relatively new. I don't know if I can say this anymore because I've been here for over two years. But I'm going anyways. Yeah. And the pandemic delayed it all. Exactly. I feel like I moved to L.A. in the middle of what right at the beginning of COVID. The first year Uh. I was here, I was just like staring at my walls. So, yeah, like I'm newer to L.A. I certainly have friends here. Wonderful people here. But I have those moments where it's like, damn, like, I wish there was just easier ways to, and there's absolutely, there's absolutely ways to make friends. I did the gay kickball thing for a season, shattered my back. And so I was like, <laughs> maybe not doing that. that. That was dramatic. I didn't shatter it, but I did. I was like, I'm no longer at in a position to like run and dive and tackle people well you so. know
2: that i did see also as i've been a follower of yours for a long time you've referred to your sciatica and i want to <laughs> say that you and i are sciatica yep. sisters because sciatica i herniated sisters. a disc like at this point 10 years ago and i deal with it on the reg so Isn't i want to it's so fun pour one out for you and our, all of our lower back sisters what what did you just
3: playing like fucking tweak her or what happened to your back i mean yeah to know. i i think This is my hypothesis. Yes. Well, I hurt my back working out doing some squats in the gym. Hell yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, I left the gym being like, Ooh, I think I tweaked it, but I'm not sure. And then I woke up the next morning, like, could not move, sort of thing. And my back hurt. So it was like my lower right on my right side hurt pretty bad for like a week or so. Uh Is that yours too? It is. Lower right? Fuck. What is up with the lower right? Let me guess. You
2: played with a hurt back and then you made it worse.
3: Well, I mean, I've done that before. Yes. But in this specific situation, the the situation that sparked the sciatica was it hurt for a week or so. And then once it started healing, then the sciatica like kicked in. I don't it just I don't get bodies. But it kind of started where the actual injury was and then went through the ass, the thigh, the lower leg, down to my toes. It's so great. Robbie, so great! That's
2: sciatica living her full capacity. Do you are you are you a chiropractor, girl?
3: I've done the chi- I've gone a, a chiropractor. Um, it wasn't for me. I don't want to take an official stance on <laughs> chiropractors because I I've heard great things. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard great things. I've heard not great things. For me, it didn't. I've I've gotten way way more benefits from going to physical therapy.
2: I think that that is ultimately, I want to be very responsible here because I have on the record spoken about chiropractors so many times because the videos for me are like, it's a different type of porn that I can't describe. Oh, they're I love, so hot. I love the hot chiropractors and I love hearing the cracks out of bodies. I can't explain, like, it's I don't know, very Adam's family of me, but like, I just do. But I've been reading more about it and apparently a lot of chiropractors really aren't doing science and they're just trying to see as much right. how many decibels of crack I can get out of your, bo- of your human form. So like, I do you think that physical therapy is a responsible thing to do i think it has chiropractic has healed a lot of people but you have to be so mindful of it and right and i don't know i have a physical therapist friend who was like you know the y strap where they put the strap around your neck and then they pull the people's head
3: that looks so and then uh, and then the
2: people's reactions are always like oh my god um i'm sorry i just wasn't expecting that and you're like they did have jesus like be ripped out of their asshole like i want oh i've never God. had it done i want it so bad that my friend and her husband were like that is so
3: terrible for you but i think the jury's out
2: i think oh i'm gonna wait and see.
3: wait you want the okay because okay i get why it's satisfying to watch but actually imagining myself in that position like <laughs> to, like I it's a little cannot... torture chamber ask it really is yeah. a little dr frankenstein Oh, and my so my sister is a doctor, and she is a neurologist she's a neurologist. And when I told her I was going to the chiropractor one time, she was like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Fuck, she's actually see? seen, yeah. She's and again, I'm sure there are people listening that are pro chiropractors. I'm not anti chiropractor. I think they've worked great for a lot of people. But to your point, there's enough bad apples in the mix exactly. that if you don't know who you're going to, and like really paying attention to if they know their shit, and not going too hard. Then it could, it can, yeah, not be great. So it can,
2: and I 100% can tell you this. I, in another life, was a touring actor with a big old musical and I was playing a role that was like, I know I, my back was had already been injured, so I had to be super careful. I went to a new chiropractor in every city, which is not the smartest thing a person could do, (laughs) but I went to like a fucking butch lesbian in San Francisco who ripped be so i mean it was i saw god it was so good but then i went to some of course straight man in indiana who just like didn't It just like did not do the trick right and so i think there are bad apples and i think that it's it's again yeah i think chiropractic at its best can be is that the real word
3: i don't know every time i'm about to say it i'm like i don't know what i'm saying i don't know if that's the right word i'm saying with the confidence of someone that is fully a doctor right and i should i feel like people assume that i'm good with words because i'm a writer don't ask me how to pronounce anything how to spell anything don't oh, yeah, that will, must I be I so promise.
2: frustrating as a writer of like Ugh. like like you know what like if a singer says they sing like a sing something if a comedian says they're a com- comedian say it, tell us right, a joke right, right. and with a writer it's like what does this word mean
3: yeah and every like well i'll misspeak or like like fumble my words, and people always be like, "Ah, oh, you're aren't you an author?" And I'm oh, like, just kill me. Lower your expectations. I'm not. I by yes, by definition, I am, but I am not any better with words than anyone lower else. Lower your expectation
2: and lower your goddamn voice. The way you're asking me to be a thesaurus, I cannot. That is, <laughs> I mean, listen. I people are people, and I you right. know, I just I'm saluting your journey. Um, Thanks. I uh, do want to ask you another podcast question, Robbie, which is mm-hmm. something that needs to be asked is if the world was ending you could only save one character actress who would you
3: save this was tough to think about can i also ask can i also answer with two i know that's probably breaking rules again you can do whatever i'll be you quick want. i'll be quick
2: you showed me your pits. So you can do
1: whatever you want <laughs> okay ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices
3: Okay, I don't know if anyone has said these people before, but Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Love Her to Death, mm. I think she is so brilliant, and she plays characters who are oftentimes very, like, flighty or, like, airheaded or whatever, and so there's kind of this assumption that she's not as brilliant as she actually is, but then she does things like the fucking White Lotus and mm-hmm. just, like, blows your brains out. Um, I think she's terrific. I also, so Blame for the Wind was my second book, and... It was loosely inspired by Legally Blonde. And I had to... Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Very fun to write. And Aunt Star is a character in my book that was loosely based off of Paulette, which was like the most fun character to write ever. And I had to re-watch the film a few times just to kind of like, you know, familiarize myself with it. And it's crazy because I feel like Jennifer Coolidge, her association with that film is so... Like, she, I feel like she's on par with Reese, like, really, in terms of, like, w- the difference that she made to the film. Absolutely agree. Right. But then you watch the film and she has, like, ten lines. Like, she is such a secondary character. Really? More I than- haven't
2: I haven't rewatched in a while, but I believe that she is in it less than one would remember. Because think about the, you know, I'm taking a dog dumbass Mm -hmm. or um bend and snap or the the ups delivery guy i mean i think some of the biggest parts of the movie that we remember are jennifer
3: exactly central she steals every scene she's in and just to do i feel like to have that ability is very impressive so she's definitely one of them and then the second one i couldn't choose between them was allison janney who i love 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 everything she's in Blows my socks off. She's great in Mom, although I feel like Mom is like, I don't know, just kind of... It's a great sitcom. but I've never she, seen an
2: episode. Are you mad?
3: Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Because, I, I mean, Mom's okay. I, I'm pro Anna Ferris. I think she's great, too. But I am not the biggest Mom fan. But but Allison is amazing in it. She's... What else has she been in? Uh, Juno. I thought she was great in that. Mm-hmm. She was really good. I don't know if you've I- seen... I, Tanya. I, I- god. <laughs> that meme with her <laughs> fucking smoking a cigarette with her accent tank on saying fuck." that is maybe a top five favorite meme um she's amazing well i think that. your
2: answer is so brilliant because when you think about Allison janney like a lot of like the mom thing like I, of course i've seen like enough of mom to know what her her vibe is in it and like i tanya it's such a different vibe you think about drop dead gorgeous and yeah. she is like to me in drop dead gorgeous she is like the aunt that everybody wishes they had she's just like right. i mean yeah. her relationship with kirsten dunst and that is just like i know so beautiful as as silly as that movie is that's a fucking gorgeous relationship of just like your biggest ally who's like close friends are is she is just like close friends with kirsten dunst's mom or are they like ye- sisters
3: ye- yeah i think she lives two friends, she lives two trailers I- down
2: don't don't believe right. her it's just like it's so i yeah i love alice and janney with <sighs> all my heart
3: She's the best. And she was just on like an HD TV show where they remade. She was. I thought I, I was that? gonna reference that too,
2: where she it was yeah. like they did the, the a friend's her first home. Her or whatever. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And she was just so great. Like I just was like, God, can we be friends? Like I want just to hang out with you. But, yeah, she's so lovely.
2: A weird connection I just made. I feel like Allison Janney is not only so talented, but a little wackadoo in a way that I think Jamie Lee Curtis is a little wackadoo in real life. I'm just seeing, like, I can just see that sort of wackadoo connection IRL.
3: No, that makes complete sense. Same with, like,
2: I feel like Joan Cusack, too. (laughs) There's, like, these tall tall actors who play these, like, um,
3: they're great actors, and I bet they're just, like kind of weird in a way that kind you of love weird yeah and like kind of don't give a fuck that they're we- yes. like just like over it and i feel like there should almost be a sub genre of character actresses that fit that specifically because i know exactly what you're talking about and mm-hmm. i don't it's hard to characterize but like 100 get that
2: yeah would you say that parker posey's in that same camp or is she not as wackadoo in real life
3: oh um may- maybe not as wackadoo but yeah. i'm not like I don't know. I'm not quite up to speed with her as much as the other. She's others. more she's
2: more wackadoo of that. She she shops at crystal shops and then gives you like an anth an anthemist. Ameth am, oh my god. Don't ask me I'm not, it's, it's an not amethyst. I just Amethyst, I, there we go. I just reverse. Um it's yeah, she's the one that gives you like an amethyst dream catcher gift and whereas the other ones are like gonna bring a kind of bad casserole, but you're gonna love it anyways. <laughs> That's how I feel. Right. Oh my god. But like absolutely you, you are your net worth is what? And casserole has what um oh i think i think we found out something there in terms of the the character actress
3: yes listeners come up with your like best ant character actress ants character yeah 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 yeah. yeah. crazy ant there.
2: character actresses right i do want to say that a very exciting thing for me with this podcast is that I put out merch recently and of course the thing that is being sold the most is the sweatshirt that says character actress on it. And because of the <laughs> booming success of, you know, fifty thousand people owning their character actress sweatshirts, I am uh putting out a character actress hat.
3: I'm just gonna fucking become the character actress merch girl. I fucking love that. What Wait, else do you want to did fifty thousand people actually buy it? No, Robbie. It oh like- I okay, I'm sorry. But what if, but, but one day. I, I just want to say, that's a fuck ton of shirts that you sold. I'm sorry. That
2: means, okay. that means I would have but, been, oh God. Yeah, yeah. You could have quit. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, that's that's called manifestation, babe
3: yeah yeah yeah. well i will buy one i'm gonna as soon as this recording ends i'm gonna go buy my own there you go everyone robbie couch
2: is gonna be laid out with a character actor sweatshirt there's also um i'm putting character actor's hat on the thing so i just think i don't know i think we should be we should be representing our mascot in in any way possible so maybe you'll get what other what (laughs) other type of clothing would you wear with the worst character actors on it
3: god i don't I don't understand LA fashion in general so I don't I don't know what what I could wear with that I don't know what's allowed what's not allowed but I someone think, you,
2: someone DM'd me they wanted a, a
3: jock strap. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what's hotter than, you know, hooking up with someone they take off their pants and across their penis is character actress no i'm picturing it on the back strap (laughs) oh on the back strap right and then they pull it while you're doing doggy yeah character actress yeah that's speaking of kink that's pretty kinky that's pretty kinky
2: character actress jock well stay tuned to the GayAsPodcast.com for (laughs) the character actress um jock (laughs) um i do i do need to ask you something else that's Speaking of LA lifestyle, the fashion I find to be quite relaxed, but I'm very interested when I'm meeting new people now that I'm meeting more and more people that are taking social media breaks and you took one in July and I want to know what your takeaway was.
3: Yeah, I had a a wedding in Chicago and I had family time in Michigan after that. So I was going to be gone for like three weeks or so. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of, I also had a few things in my life where it was like career stress hitting the fan, personal stuff hitting the fan. like. From a mental health perspective, it was like everything in my life just kind of hit the van at the same time. Yeah. So it felt like, okay, this is the perfect time to just delete the apps, get them off my home screen, just be able to focus in the moment at my friend's wedding and just be with my family in northern Michigan and just try to detach, you know? And I will say it was, it was tricky. I would say the first week or so was actually so hard to the point where I was like, I think I have to just fucking download Twitter again because I'm losing my mind. And you have the social media FOMO and like, it's just, it feels so withdrawals. I really, I I feel like you kind of go through this process of like feeling left out, feeling like you're not up to speed on things. And then after that like by the time it was because I was telling myself like, okay, by August, I'll get back on at some point. And I think I got back on like August 3rd or 4th or something. And it was like, I did it kind of begrudgingly because I was like, I don't even know if I, I I kind of hit that point where it felt so nice to Mm -hmm. not be online. But I do think there are very clearly benefits to social media, of course, for me, it's so cool to talk to readers and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's like, There's very great benefits to it, but it was really nice to just be like, all right, shutting this down for a bit. It's a very
2: fine line between using it in a productive, positive way and I think in a way that you find yourself mindlessly scrolling. And it's been a big topic in my household recently because I'm genuinely meeting new people I'm becoming good friends with, one of whom is not on any social media platform and my ideal i think ideally i would be off of it all but again i do really enjoy i've met so many great people i've like listeners of this i've messaged with that are so nice and like and enjoy creatively putting out things that i really feel like fun to do but on the other side it is it sometimes it's hard to feel as present as you want to be when you are feeling that you're maybe not posting enough or that you are i don't know it's it's I don't want to feel tied to it. Yeah,
3: it's a mindfuck. And there's also the elements of like, how much of it is performative versus your truly authentic self, which is something I've wrestled with. And like, is it okay to kind of be performative at times? Because it's like, people know it's performative. Mm -hmm. Or like, I don't know, there's just so there's so many like, nuances to this conversation that just, I don't know, I think we will look back 50 years from now, or Maybe even like ten years from now, and look at—I mean, we're kind of doing this already, where like studies are showing the effects of social media and just mm-hmm. like how much it can be detrimental to mm-hmm. your health. And so I feel like we're just now scraping the surface of knowing how much this is really fucking with all of us. That makes so me yeah.
2: Nervous. That makes me tummy nervous. Yeah,
3: not to like, and this podcast not a bad, but that's like the, I feel like we're kind of.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for being on. Where can people follow you? I'm kidding. Can you imagine that's the end of the podcast? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, what's your handle? <laughs> I know. So, follow Everyone, at please, yeah. oh, Follow, us, subscribe. Do not miss any of his posts. Turn on notifications to be tied to your phone at all times.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Let's change this up a bit quick so that when we get to that point, it won't seem as this is hypocritical.
2: Generous. Yeah. There was something that I... It's so hard, Robbie, because... The topic of finding new friends, I think, is a very real thing, especially in your thirties. And uh, people have heard me say this: that since I moved to LA like nine months ago, I've made a huge priority to actually say yes more and like really yeah. meet. And, and it's and it's changed completely how I was acting when I lived in New York, and it. Is tricky, but also really freeing to like pretend to be someone that I'm not in a way that's like the better version of myself, which is like right. looking into the fear. And so, what I'm saying is tricky about this is like, Robbie, I'm going to be inviting you to to Shindigs, and I would love Yay. to be IRL friends.
3: I um, I just my heart just skipped a beat. I would love that so much. Please, this can't just be talk. I'm it's the, not I talk like Robbie be I, I'm, a, I'm a
2: girl that yeah I, i'm a girl that puts words into too. action also let's um let the world know that my birthday is next month i'll be having a little uh hangout and you're gonna be there
3: I'm there 1 million percent. I mean, I hope I don't And
2: please I, make sure you tag me. I'm kidding. Um okay, so um okay. with that being said, Robbie Couch and Eric Williams are new IRL friends brought together from that like a Gayass podcast. Um can you talk to us about and I genuinely am inspired by your career, your writing. It is just a, of course the conversation we're talking about with like queer writing and career books and culture being sort of attacked can you like for the girls that want to embark on a journey that whether it's writing whether it's creating whether it's even just a different career that feels like so- sort of hard to to break into can you tell us the elevator pitch of how you ended up being this amazing published author
3: yeah i mean thank you my ego just got much bigger appreciate that um so my background had been more in like a bit more traditional media. I don't want to call myself a journalist. I wasn't a journalist, but I did work at like HuffPost. I was a writer at Upworthy. I interned at Hearst, at Oprah Magazine for a hot second. So I came from a bit more conventional media trajectory. And then I think I just got to the point, I had always wanted to write a book. And I got to the point in my late 20s where I was just like, you know what? I want to fucking do this. I'm going to put my head down, come up with a premise. And early on, I actually had like a very, very early draft of the Sky Blues had a straight girl character instead Mm -hmm. of a gay boy character. And I think I just subconsciously was thinking this book is going to sell better or be more marketable and have access to mainstream commercial markets if it's a straight character. Again, didn't consciously make that choice. But I had a few conversations with people where it was like, wait, what am I doing? Like this is my whole this is my whole thing. Like I want to tell more stories that center queer kids queer stories and have books and film and series that i didn't have growing up i don't know about you how old are you turning by the way next month next week next month would you say next month how dare you ask me like is age? that ba- i'm pro it's just, not bad at all I'm okay, pro okay as well i also will okay. talk
2: about money more than people are comfortable with um just like the fifty-five thousand shirts that i've sold um <laughs> i turn 33 next month
3: oh sweet i'm 33 yay okay this is meant this is meant to be okay it's m2b wait um, okay, why did i ask you that because I don't know. Girls, I don't like, fucking know. I got distracted. I was talking about... No, yeah, you were talking about you wanted to center queer voices and... Oh, right. So growing up, we didn't like... I mean, there were there were certainly some gay characters. There was like... But Will not Braces, a lot. But not a lot. And they were also very... Like the quality of the representation sucked oftentimes. And so, yeah, I just kind of was like, let's, let's start to rework this. And I'm by no means like the trailblazer. There was certainly like queer authors that came before me many years before me that have been doing this work for a while Mm -hmm. but i do think i'm a part of like the first kind of big wave of queer authors writing queer ya and that's really cool to see it kind of enter this commercial market in a way where you can walk into a barnes and noble and see like a pride display in the ya section that's just like who could have thought that would be a thing 20 years ago so oh fuck yeah i think it's so so magical Did I answer your question? I'm sorry. What was Yeah, the I question? mean, you you basically
2: were working, uh, Huffalo, oh. all these other things, and then you yeah, yeah. buckled down. And what I think you did that, I, that I'm really trying to do with this one life is that if you want to do something, you literally, Nike, just do it, and then you see what happens from the doing of. And yeah. I will say that the part that i don't know about your story that i'm interested in is that uk you, okay, you buckle down I, you're like no i'm not going to make it this straight girl hero character i'm going to make it this gay boy how did you was it like you okay i've got a draft or i've got a pitch and then did you like blast her or did you like use the connection like how did you get yeah, from point a to I, point b
3: so i kind of went the, more, the i guess the more conventional traditional route where wrote the manuscript. I very much advise people to have other people read it whether they're like other writers or even just your friends or your like just have eyeballs on it. I was terrified to do that because I was like this is such a mess. This is so shitty. I'm scared. It's so weird cuz I came from a more general like media background where like a million people could read an article I wrote for HuffPost and I wouldn't bat an eye, mm-hmm. but this was just so much more personal to mm-hmm. me. I was so scared to let anyone read it. So I just started pitching agents and got a literary agent. Shout out to Mo at Bookends Literary in 2019, and then Simon and Schuster bought it in late 2019. I don't even the time. What is time? But um, so yeah, I guess yeah, I got I kind of went the conventional route.
2: Ugh, Adrian, Robbie, publisher. It's so good. It's so inspiring because you know what you did is you just fucking took the bull by the, the gay bull by the rainbow horns and you rode her I to did. literary heaven. And here yes. you are to tell the tale. And it turns out many tales. And one of those tales is your book, If I See You Again Tomorrow, which is coming out in April of next yes. year. And so everyone needs to pre order that fucking book because, please, truly, I'm not just saying this. I'm very, very inspired and I might have some. Book stuff to come out of my own that I'm going to be asking about when we finish recording. Oh so, my god! Uh, that's, a little, that's a little teaser there, um, Robbie. Okay. I unfortunately have to end this episode, even though I want to continue to Kiki. But we'll we'll do it IRL before yes. we before we end this episode. One question I have for you that I did not prep you on, Robbie Couch. What is the best Whoopi Goldberg film?
3: Oh, <laughs> I would probably say uh, the best Whoopi Goldberg film. Oh my god. Well, I loved Rat Race. I (laughs) loved her in Rat Race. Do you know this? Did you watch Rat Race?
2: I have watched Rat Race, and this is why you are iconic.
3: I want to say Sister Act. I could say Ghost, but...
2: There's a very specific person that says Rat Race on this podcast, and I'm a huge fan of that specific type of person, and I do think it's good. I do need to absolutely reference something that someone uh messaged me on the Gay Ass podcast Instagram is Did you ever see, especially as a writer, did you ever watch The Page Master when you were a kid?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The Page Master sure. is not only such a good movie, but Whoopi Goldberg voices like a horny book in it. And I, I it,
3: don't think I knew that or You probably that.
2: didn't know or didn't remember, and I'm not kidding. I want to have like a group viewing Page Master sesh. It really. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid and i haven't watched it since i was a kid and lord knows how i'll get my hands on it but i think uh, it's a whoopee it's a whoopee film that does not get discussed
3: a new did you say she played a she voiced a horny book
2: horny book i did
3: Okay. Well, now that's yeah. Let's do a, a viewing party because I oh, need to see that.
2: And then everybody dresses as hey. their favorite horny <laughs> book.
3: <laughs> my God, I love that. Yeah, that was such a good and wasn't like the live Remember just being like the library. The library was, so, was like, gorgeous. Insane.
2: And isn't it's um Macaulay Calkin as a oh, right. kid? that then becomes yeah, yeah, yeah. a cartoon. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is such the moment. A classic.
3: Am I just sweating
1: so bad? You I'm look sorry. great. Okay, you look
2: all great. I right. Right, um, stop talking about my sweat. <laughs> one more time, give us a pit look.
3: God. This this is oh my it's gotten worse.
2: It looks great. It looks great. I I'm a huge fan. Um, Robbie, where can people follow you?
3: Um, at Robbie Couch on everything I think, except I think there's a under there's a little underscore thingy majig between my name on Twitter. But hopefully that shouldn't throw you off.
2: They won't throw them off. And if anybody here needs to take a social media break, you are supported in that. And when you're back on, follow Robbie whenever you feel that you want to connect. And um, because Robbie, I can say this as a follower of yours, is a great follow. So Robbie, thank you for coming on the TIGS podcast and I'll see you soon.
3: Oh my God, thank you for having me. This was so fun.